Hello, mighty warriors of God, and welcome to MI15. Today is Saturday, January 1st, 2022, and this is day 1386 of our journey together. My name is Jackie, and welcome, welcome, welcome to you. So let's go ahead and get started. Father, we honor you with all of our heart, all of our soul, mind, and strength. Thank you so much for waking us up to see this brand new day and brand new year that you created for us. Thank you so much, my Lord, that we are grateful and appreciative and remain humble and glorify you in all of our ways by being obedient unto you. I thank you so much for comforting the brokenhearted and healing the sick and blessing those who may be in financial need. And I ask, Father, that you will speak today, that it be all about you and not about me. In Jesus' name, Amen. Glory to God, everybody. Thank you so much for tuning in and happy new year to you in the year 2022. And God has got great things in store for you. Today's message is attitude shift. Yep, (laughs) we need to shift the attitude if it's not lining up with God's will. And you'll be amazed at what God is going to do through you because of that. We'll be coming out of Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 through 12. Joshua chapter 5, verses 2 through 12. And it says, At that time the Lord said to Joshua, Make flint knives and circumcise the Israelites again. So Joshua made flint knives and circumcised the Israelites. Israelites at Gebeth Haraloth. Now, interesting, right? You notice it says again to circumcise them. Now, that is a quite an arduous task, and it's not something that feels good. And I, I would think the first thing that would come out of my mind, God saying, "Do it again," I'd be like, "Um, Lord, are you sure? Why would you have me do that?" But you notice that Joshua went right ahead. He made those flint knives. And he circumcised the Israelites. Verse 4. Now this is why he did so. All those who came out of Egypt, all the men of military age, died in the wilderness on their way after leaving Egypt. All the people that came out had been circumcised, but all the people born in the wilderness during the journey from Egypt had not. The Israelites had moved about in the wilderness 40 years until all the men who were of military age when they left Egypt had died. Since they had not obeyed the Lord, for the Lord had sworn to them that they would not see the land he had solemnly promised their ancestors to give us a land flowing with milk and honey. So he raised up their sons in their place, and these were the ones Joshua circumcised. So it wasn't circumcision to the person that already had it (laughs) twice, right? It was to that new generation. And the old generation died off, and they were not 
were not allowed access because of their disobedience, their murmuring and complaining against God. They're worshiping other idols, even though God told them not to. And God said, all right, you're not going into the promised land. And as a matter of fact, this journey that would have taken it maybe uh, less than a year is going to take you 40 years now, an additional 39 years in the wilderness. They were still uncircumcised because they had not been circumcised on the way. And after the whole nation had been circumcised, they remained there. Um, They remained where they were in camp until they were healed. Then the Lord said to Joshua, Today I have rolled away the reproach of Egypt for you. So the place has been called Gilgal to this day. On the evening of the 14th day of the the month, on the evening of the 14th day of the month, while camped at Gilgal, all the plains of Jericho, the Israelites celebrated the Passover. And the Passover is something that they would celebrate uh, every year, uh, denoting and glorifying and acknowledging God for delivering them out of Egypt. All right, and so it says, the day after the Passover, that very day, they ate some of the produce of the land, unleavened bread and roasted grain. The manna stopped the day after they ate this food and from the land. There was no longer any manna for the Israelites, but that year they ate the produce of Canaan. So there again, there is a shift that took place and in order for us to accept the shift that God is that God is making our attitudes must shift as well in order for us to attain what he has for us so they went from getting manna from heaven uh, for 40 years that would just rain down from heaven and they knew how much to gather they would gather so much each day except for Sunday on the Sabbath they did not but on that Saturday they would gather enough for Saturday and Sunday. And if they gathered extra, it would rot. I mean, if they gathered extra any other days, I'm sorry, it would rot or mold, but it was okay to gather extra on Saturday for Sunday. So now God has shifted things after that long of getting manna. I mean, food just brought down to them. I'm talking, hey, their food is being Ubered in (laughs) every day or however they they were, you know, whatever way you want to call it, through Grubhub or whatever way. It was delivered. Now they were able to grow from the ground. Ooh, glory to God. Point number one. Many times uh, we uh, can be our own worst enemy in the way we respond to God's instructions. Sometimes we get an attitude about certain things because it doesn't line up with the way we want to do it or the way we think it should be done. That's why the older generation did not enter the promised land, not even Moses. Because of disobedience, complaining, and bad attitudes. You see, Moses was the only person who ever spoke with God face to face. Imagine that, face to face. He was called Israel's greatest prophet. But even he, due to disobedience, and 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 uh, you might think, you know, 
this disobedience wasn't a big deal, but but it was what he did. And, and I'm going to tell you what he did. But even he did not get to enter the promised land. God let him see it. You know, and that's mercy and grace right there. But he said, I will not let you in. God told Moses, this is why he, this is what did it. God told Moses to speak to the rock and it would bring out water. Uh, but he hit the rock out of anger twice. And I'm telling you, these millions, a uh, couple of million plus or three million or so Israelites uh, were a handful. <laughs> and and Moses was really getting sick of them. And many times Moses helped to convince God not to destroy them because they were really a handful. They were really uh, murmuring, complaining and disobe- disobeying God. But in this case, when God told Moses to speak to the rock and he hit the rock twice, God, Moses took God's glory. And uh, that you don't do that. You don't ever take God's glory. That's a big deal. So he did not trust God enough to honor him through his obedience in that situation. And, and you can read that for yourself in Numbers chapter 20, verses 10 through 12. So point number two. Our bad attitude and disobedience stunts our growth. We're not flourishing the way the Lord intended for us to. When we disobey God, we're creating a spiritual drought in our lives. Uh, we're nothing. We're nothing. Uh, if God, we're nothing, and we're not growing if we're not allowing God to work through us. Uh, it will be just the opposite. As a matter of fact, when we function uh, in this uh, disobedient attitude, we will have anger, hate, jealousy, unforgiveness, judging, gossiping, uh, immoral activity. We literally cut off the life strings, uh, our lifeline from the very one that gave us his breath, our father God. He gave us our breath to breathe. But God, uh, but when we do obey God, we are blessed above and beyond what we could ever even imagine. God will make all things new, just like he did for the new generation of Israelites and Joshua and Caleb. So Caleb and Joshua were the only two God allowed to live uh, to live. The, out the rest of their life, out of the older generation uh, because of their faith and obedience uh, when he had them to go to Jericho to scope out the land. And when they went to scope out the land, they, they, were, they came back with a report. There were 12 of them sent, and uh, each of them represented a different tribe of the Israelites. And when they came back, everyone else was saying, oh, my gosh, we will be pulverized. They're like giants. They're going to kill us. And Joshua and Caleb was like, we can take it. We can take them. We can do this. You know, we can make it. And and they ended up uh, waiting before going into that land to take over later. Uh, But God said because of their faith that they and their obedience that they would inherit the new land. As a matter of fact, they were leaders in the new land and Joshua took over Moses's place. So don't, don't think 
that what God has planned for you is unattainable. It's all about our attitudes and shifting as God shifts. You know, because <laughs> you don't want to be left at the brook Cherith like uh, with Elijah when um he uh, told the evil king, hey, it's not going to rain for three and a half years because of what you've done. And when he said that, it created a drought. Uh, people were dying because there was no water. And God took him to the brook Cherith to have water there. And he was fed by ravens. And then the brook dried up. There was a shift that took place and God told him, I want you to go to a widow woman I prepared for you that is going to take care of you. And what if Elijah had stayed there? He would have died because his disobedience to God, which he did not, he did obey God, but I'm saying, what if? And he would have been wondering, why did God, why isn't God giving me any water? Well, because God has shifted and he expects us to shift. And in order for us to shift, our attitudes must shift. And so he went to the widow woman and God did a great thing there. But I'm saying that to say, what has God shown you that is time to shift? And let's not go by what the world system does or says. Uh, let's not look at a situation if God is saying, I need you to do this. And you say, mm, that doesn't usually work. You know, God, I don't really have uh, like when God... God just told me <laughs> uh, about a week or so ago uh, to shift in order to bring in the income for us to do the work uh, for T-Zone with the youth. He says, I want you to start a store and it's going to be a clothing store. And I shared this with y'all the other day, but I, mean, I feel the Holy Spirit saying, tell you again, because of that attitude shift. Uh, so we've given away clothing at the church. I mean, every year we give away clothing. We'd have tons of clothes just sitting. And, and I said, I'm, I don't want to do this stuff because <laughs> we would give it away. And then after the prime stuff was gone, people didn't want anything. And I get it. And then we had tons and tons of clothes that we couldn't even get rid of. And we had uh, we called different places and shelters and they said, we've well, got too many. We can't handle it. So we had to be creative in the way we got rid of the clothes. And uh, finally, we got rid of them all. And, and we didn't uh, do a clothing giveaway uh, last year as big as we normally would. And then God says, you're going to you're going to sell clothing, you're going to have a clothing store. And you're going to do it. In a, in, and this is going to help to support uh, to provide the funding you need, uh, at least a portion of it uh, for t transition zone. And I had to have an attitude shift <laughs> uh, to shift with God, with the way God is saying, because I don't know what's best to do. He knows. And I said, OK, Lord, uh, whatever you say. And he said everything just about the I, the vision was uh, the majority of the things will be five dollars. Everything will be on hangers. So we won't be doing pants, things that you have to fold up and put on tables or unless we can hang them. Uh, so it'll be more shirts and tops and dresses uh, and, and maybe skirts and eventually shoes. If maybe we'll start out with some shoes. I don't know. But but the and, when, and the first thing was when I told my husband about it, he said the exact same thing I said. And I said, but honey, if God said it, that's what we got to do. So 
I ordered the racks, I ordered the hangers, all the things that we need to get it started. I've learned when God says do something to get on it and get be about his business and get it done. But many years ago, probably when I first got saved, my attitude might not have been in the right place. I might have questioned it. Oh God, but this didn't work last time or that didn't work. I've learned to just say, all right, Father, whatever you say, let's do it. And 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 it's all about building the kingdom of God, the bottom line. <laughs> and so, and it's about God saying, I'm not going to do this in the worldly way or the traditional way that people are used to doing it by getting uh, all these grants and all that. Nothing wrong with getting grants. If you can get the grants, get the grants. But this is the way God is shifting us. And there will be grants that we'll still receive. But we're going to start this. And it's also going to help the youth to uh, run this business. They're going to be the ones uh, working it as well, taking shifts. And I just see it growing and blossoming. We may uh, have our own building just for that because there's no really no big place in the city that sells uh, and these will be uh, new, like new clothes, but gently used clothes that we'll be selling. I forgot to say that. But there are big, huge places outside of the city that do these things. And uh, and there's a few here, but I'm talking a really nice, uh, that's something more like a boutique uh, feel, like a, like a new clothing store, really nice. And uh, so anyway, that is how God will shift things, but we must do what he says do in order to be blessed. He wants to bless us. And so in order to do it, we need to obey. I remember when me and my husband were struggling and in our marriage many years ago, we've been married, it'll be 44 years this year in 2022. Praise God. But marriage is hard work. And I can remember times I had always said when I before I got married, that I would never use the word divorce because divorce is what tore, that really hurt our family. I'm not going to say tore it apart because we were, my mom raised the five of us and she worked hard uh, to support us uh, without any assistance from the government because they said she made too much as a nurse, but we were in poverty. And my father chose not to send a dime uh, after the divorce. And I, I I saw how it hurt the children, how it hurt us. And uh, my mom, seeing her working two and three jobs, I said, I didn't want to go through that. I didn't want that to happen with my children and, and our life. And so, but when we got, me and my husband got married at a young age, we were 19. And I remember uh, after the honeymoon stage was over, and we had been dating though since we we've been together since we were 14 years old, so we know each other pretty well. But we we transition, we grow, and we change. Our attitudes change, and and so there was a stage in our life where it was not pretty. It was quite ugly, and I you know we were going different directions, and and I'm like, this is not working. I want out. <laughs> and the Lord says, uh, no, it's not, this is not something you divorce over. And uh, the Lord showed me many things that I could do to change. And and then it helped my husband as well. But the other thing that we did was we got some help. We, uh, a couple at our church, 
Uh, when I told my friend, I'm done, I want a divorce. And she said, well, Jackie, what if, what if Gary wants, what if you, would y'all want counseling? Or, and I said, well, I've, offered, I've asked that and he's, he doesn't want to. And she goes, if he changes his mind, he wants to. When you ask him today, we will come over because her husband was a counselor. And uh, she said, we'll drop everything basically and come over. And uh, I asked my husband that, that day. And he said, yes. And I was blown away. <laughs> that was a major attitude shift. And they came over. I'll never forget. Trudy and George came over and sat with us, talked to us, asked us questions about each other. What do we love about each other? And that was enough for us. And we have not looked back. That was a blessing, but because of their obedience to God and our willingness to shift our attitudes, to work this thing out. And every day, you know, we're going to encounter things that are that are not maybe what you're used to or what you think it should be. But God will provide if we yield and do his will. And now God is allowing us to help other marriages, to help other couples in marriage. Look at God, right? Who would have thought it? So what about you? What has God shown you to do? It's time to shift your attitude to receive what God has just for you. Now, if you don't know Jesus, that would be the first step. Oh, what a great way to start the year to accept Jesus as your Savior and your Lord. Romans 10 and 20, 10 and, 10 and 9 says, If you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart, that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. Glory to God. I love you all so, so much. May the Lord bless and protect you. May his face radiate with joy because of you. May he be gracious unto you, show you his favor and give you his peace. In Jesus' name, amen. And remember, we can do all things through Christ who strengthens us. And please don't forget to check us out on our website, JackieBikesMinistries.org, J-A-C-K-I-E, Be Like Boy, U-Y-C-K-S, Ministries.org. Check out the messages and please share them with others. Also, please check out our T-Zone website at tzonekc.org. And please partner with us and uh, donate as the Lord leads you. All right, mighty warriors, go forth and make it an awesome day. Fulfilling the purpose that God has given you. And I will talk to you later. Bye-bye.